0: Let's talk about how storytelling is part of your world. And I'm sure it's part of everything you do.
1: The biggest mistake people make when it comes to their online platforms and the way and the manner in which they use them is they usually just talk about what they want to talk about. I get that. I love to talk about my journey. I also feel like it adds value, but there are certain times I absolutely have to make sure that I'm actually giving the audience what they want. That's the most important thing. Something that was normal, an event or explosion, and then a new normal. And then people say, I could do that. And that's when you start to build an audience, when you inspire people and you make them realize you are completely relatable and you are human.
0: What if you had a dream or desire to write your first book? You could finally share your story or express your views about a topic or subject you are passionate about. And what if 2020 became the year your dream became a reality? Turn a new chapter in your life, literally. Join me for a live webinar where I'll share my 10-step program for writing a best-selling book. Register now. Seats are limited. Don't miss it. I believe in you. Your best-selling book is waiting to be written don't let another week slip by this is american real i am roger brooks my guest today is rich cardona you are a video strategist a video creator for executives and storyteller for your personal brand rich welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me i'm i'm so happy to be here
0: man i am too because today we're going to talk about a lot of things that i love um, to do and we 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 spoke a couple of weeks ago and you're doing so many wonderful things out there that is very relatable to me you know mainly video marketing storytelling and personal branding, which are some of the things we're going to talk about today. But sure. if you can, Rich, let's let's start with video marketing. If yeah. you could tell us, uh, you know, what you do in that realm and what it really means today, because it's changing so fast, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. So there's two different types of marketing that a lot of people are are used to in direct marketing, where I'm literally making very flagrant advertisements for you to buy a product or a service. And then there's kind of brand marketing, which looks into a little bit more of the brand and, and you know just making it something that sticks in your head a little bit. So subconsciously, you just always remember them when it comes to that burger or that shoe or whatever it may be. I focus specifically on the people within the brands or the companies because I believe people are intriguing, which is why you have a podcast, which is why I have a podcast, which is why we love to talk to people and learn from them. So video marketing to me is important in two ways. Uh, So I I kind of broke down those two pieces of marketing, but video is outperforming everything. You cannot tell me a social media platform right now that doesn't incorporate video as its probably highest leverage point, which is why TikTok is surpassing everything, for example, in terms of downloads over the last quarter, last six months. Um, Because it's video, it's catchy, it's bite-sized, it's quick, it's easy, and it tells... A, and you know tells a story in a billion words, you know versus a picture, right so so I focus on video and then I focus on the people within the brands or the companies and you know, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but I just believe that is where the attention is at uh and and this is nothing new. you could hear this from almost anyone that's probably involved in marketing, but a lot of people still for some reason are reluctant and I just want to share this one example um, a friend of mine has a medical laboratories and he had me do some work for, for one of the laboratories and it went amazing. So he's like, we'd love to have you back. We want to do something like this, a little mini documentary. I'm like, great. And he goes, hey, I just talked to, you know, the the leadership and they're like, we're trying to cut down on expenses and it's non-essential. So, you know, we'll revisit in a few months. I'm like, tell them, thank you, I'll be here. But the reason you're cutting back on expenses is because you don't have a video marketing budget in the first place you know and and because i know i could already see when i went there the first time like pamphlets all these all these things like it's it's okay but what if you had a series of all the things that you do for this job fair that you want to go to or for recruiting or to just educate people on what happens within these laboratories so that way you could be more you know close the gap between your competitors so that's how i feel about it i know it works uh video i mean you can't point to any statistics that
0: say otherwise and i believe in it most importantly. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, the, the one thing that comes to mind right away is that um, how many companies would you say out there right now, even though video is the trend, right? I mean, sure. we know that, but yeah. how many companies are still behind the eight ball? <laughs> What's the percent? It has to be an awful large percentage.
1: I mean, I'll I'll put it to you this way. When I go on Instagram, when I go on LinkedIn and I look at company pages, which are hard uh, to to really get a following. I would say 80% of them are doing everything they think they're supposed to be doing, which is your standard pictures, your standard template a picture some some stock photo with with you know inspiring words on it and i mean it 's just not the same like no one is going to be able to connect with the picture people are going to connect with the people people are going to connect with the story more importantly, and I think everyone 's just behind and there 's just fears associated with it and it's, it's just it 's just really interesting it seems like this large tasks like video cameras and all these crazy things and i don't want to be on camera and all these all these dismissals before you even actually try it and i think that's why the people who do use it are going to thrive
0: you know i was just going to say the moral of the story is right the, the, the sooner <laughs> you do it the better you're going to be and and those will get left behind and it, i think it's like this in any industry if you're not moving with the trends i do a lot in the gas and convenience space, right? Yeah. And if you think about 20, 30 years ago, when you went to a gas and convenience store, it was much different than today, (laughs) you know? Exactly. You get companies like uh, Wawa and Sheets and Cumberland Farms that have really raised their game. That becomes the new standard, right? So same thing here with video and and I'm right with you. I I was just curious because you're in the space, Mm -hmm. you know, what percentage of people, but I guess the point is if you're not doing it, you really better start.
1: Yeah. And last thing I want to say on that is, you know, I don't try and tell people this is what you can get. I try and point out, and this isn't a tactic. It's just the truth. Like your competitors will surge. Like they will take money from your pockets if they have a a legitimate investment in doing this and being more visible. And that's the whole thing. You just have to be visible in this day and age. And that's the way to do it. But uh, yeah, I, I mean... The the fear the fear trumps uh, trumps a lot of things and it just doesn't have to be that way. There's people out there like me that that can help.
0: No, that's great, Rich. And um, one question I do have out of this uh, segment here is that I think what I heard you say is one portion of it may be taking all of your printed content, turning that into video. Because there's a lot of most companies have a ton of content. Yeah, bring that to video. But then step two is to get the people involved, the personalities behind the company. And when you go into a company, are you looking for one ambassador or several ambassadors to be doing video? How would you advise there?
1: We, that is a fantastic, no one's asked me that and I'm so glad you asked it. So this is how I look at it. What I do specifically when I started was I worked with the CEO uh, specifically because they have a good founder story. They have the purpose story. They have the value story. They have all of it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's my job to help them tell that because this is new territory for them. But they also, you know, are some of them are looking for opportunities on the personal side, you know, I'd like to go to some keynotes, I'd like to be on some podcasts, I want people to know. So that is how it kind of started. But now we do profiles of leadership teams. If I, you know, went to you know company a and i talked to their cfo and he was giving educational tips on big financial mistakes for people in startups you know and then i went to the cto and them talking about how cybersecurity is nothing that could be ignored in this day and age and then we went to the chro and then they were talking about how turnover is the biggest expense of any company you know all these different things, if you could highlight the people within. Now, now, that being said, this is a very important distinction. These people have to want to get that message out. The fear is one thing, but if, if 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 they don't want to get the message out, I even someone like me is not gonna be able to really craft that and bring it out of them, and it's just gonna come across as a talking head that's very boring.
0: And you're saying from a personal standpoint, that person must be invested in doing this video otherwise it won't work exactly it's not even the video do they want to
1: convey this knowledge to the masses if 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 that's not something that is just kind of innately something they want to do um then then that's fine but i would certainly say like let's let's not use this or we won't be using sarah so to speak so for for us uh we are very particular about who we take on because the value piece You know the the altruism. You know the 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 absence of the fear of giving away knowledge uh, is is a big driver for us because we know those people are going to shine and present and assist and to help.
0: Right, right. No, it is. It's it it make it just. You know, when you think about it, and you take a step back, it makes sense. Right, (laughs) so much sense. Sure. And I and uh, I would love to um, you know get an example or two. Maybe you could share. One of your client stories with us, uh, yeah. About how you help transform them is that something you're able to do?
1: Absolutely. I'll I'll tell you about my very first client, and this is uh, hopefully I don't take forever with this story. I'll I'll try and be quick with it. Uh, when I was, I didn't even have this company yet back in 2018, and uh, I went to a summit called Vid Summit in Los Angeles, and essentially it was YouTubers and people in social media, just just you know, two and a half day conference full of amazing keynotes. Uh, I went to go see Gary V specifically. And I was just there just, just kind of learning. I had just quit my job um, at Amazon and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was approaching 40. I am still approaching 40. And uh, I was just figuring things out. And I met. I, I had a question for Gary Vee. I positioned myself very strategically and I had this 10-minute exchange with him. It was unbelievable and I have it on camera. And this gentleman comes up to me in a session a separate class session which is like an hour later and he taps me on the shoulder and he gives me a coin and it's a challenge coin and he was a sailor and he has this big beard and he's just talking to me and there's someone presenting and he's like whispering and like hey I'd love to talk to you and he just wouldn't stop I'm like oh my like this is not the time or place it was hilarious though and then we met outside and we talked and he was there for no particular reason either he had a company that helps veterans become project managers but he resonated with something I said in that interaction with Gary V so we sat we sat at the bar and he had a yellow notepad out and I I swear we talked for two hours and that thing was almost full and a couple months later he saw me doing videos on LinkedIn he goes why were you holding out on me I'm like what are you talking about he's like I want to do videos and I go okay and he goes my brand is attached my brand is attached to the company only I want my brand and I said okay so We started doing some videos together and he goes, okay. He calls me RC. He goes, RC. He goes, if we do this, you know, like my goal is I would like 12 speak speaking engagements, you know, uh, one per month for the time I work with you. And to me, you know, that's, that's a win. Well, we got 19 in six months. Uh, so, and his brand and his business are just going into uncharted territory. Um, you know, he's re-signed with us, of course, and we've just helped him, we've helped him create a YouTube channel and, you know, that led to a lot of referrals, but the thing is, this is so important when I mentioned earlier about direct marketing and brand marketing, brand marketing is slow and not sexy. It's, it's ugly. And sometimes it just feels like, Oh wow, everyone's winning. We really took the time to make sure people understood who he was, what he's about. We don't talk blatantly ever about the business or the product. Now we've started to because he's built up a trust with his virtual audience online. Now that being said, He is very highly sought after now and looked at as someone who's very, you know, elevated. He's, let me give you an example. He had been invited to panels and panels and panels. And now they're like, dude, we want you as a keynote. (laughs) That's crazy. So the point is this, like a lot of people when it comes to direct marketing, obviously there's a very specific ROI attached to that because you want to see, okay, like how much did I sell for this investment? When it comes to your brand, you're not selling. You have to go into it from a place of this is going to take a while and I want to cultivate real good connections with the people who are my target audience and in time it works and eventually people will be inquisitive about your business the more they get to know you and the roi so to speak is the engagements and the podcast and now all these different changes it's i always say it's like going to the gym uh sometimes the scale doesn't move but maybe your pants fit lighter you know non-scale victories so so that's a that's a, uh my first client. And I mean, it's just been amazing for everyone else since
0: then as well. What a great story. I I appreciate you sharing that with us because it's very relatable for people Mm -hmm. as well as myself. Yeah. Storytelling. That's something that I know is really, really important to you. Something important to me as well. But let's talk about how storytelling is part of your world. And I'm sure it's part of everything you do.
1: It is part of everything I do. Storytelling is a very big buzzword nowadays, but I also know that a lot of people love the idea but don't actually love the practice. Uh, the practice of storytelling is very simple. And, and I, I, I like to try and give this 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 method for people to realize how easy it is to tell your story. And actually, we could literally just use the example I gave. The normal for this client of mine was getting invited to panels, not being extremely highly visible, being respected, but not necessarily highly visible. This is the normal. This is the first piece of the story, the normal. The explosion was we met. We met and then he decided to invest in me for help. That was the explosion. He just realized like, hey, this guy's out there, I want to be out there. He realized there was a divide between his brand and the company brand or that it needed to be and he wanted to accelerate his own personal growth. So he hired me. That was the explosion or the event. That's number two. Number three is the new normal. Now he's highly sought after. His company's going incredibly well. He's doing incredibly well. We're still working together. And now he has a YouTube channel so he can make a library of content related to veterans and project management. Normal, event, new normal. That is it. That is how you position your story. Now, storytelling, like, okay, but when do I use a story? When do I use a story? The biggest thing, the biggest mistake people make when it comes to their online platforms and the way and the manner in which they use them is they usually just talk about what they want to talk about. I get that. I love to talk about my journey. I also feel like it adds value, but there are certain times I absolutely have to make sure that I'm actually giving the audience what they want. That's the most important thing period. I mean, you cannot just shove whatever it is you want to talk about down people's throats, no matter how relevant, no matter how enthusiastic, no matter how charismatic you are about it, you have to put the audience first. And that's obviously a good practice in any business, you know, put the customer first. So when it comes to storytelling, the real easiest way to conceptualize this is to determine the questions that you get asked most in your industry. What are the, or what are the biggest mistakes people are always making? What are the trends right now? Which is why I talk about video marketing. What are the trends right now that people aren't seeing? You craft that into a story in which someone could relate to just like I did with that example of that first client, then people will be drawn to that and it doesn't have to be A story. It could be a bite-sized, ninety-second clip, or text or copy on a post about something that was normal, an event or explosion, and a new normal. And then people say, "I could do that," and that's when you start to build an audience. When you inspire people and you make them realize
0: you are completely relatable and you are human. Wow! Oh, I'm I'm so happy you walked us through that because, like you said, storytelling is a very common term today. Mm-hmm. But people do it differently. And, yes. and your your process is very unique. And I love the way you position that. Um, a question I have for you though, is, does that include giving examples, say, or stories of things that are happening, uh, happening on a day-to-day basis, examples and things like that? Is that part of it as well?
1: Yes. In, in my opinion, absolutely. So we don't, I, while, when I make, um, content for my clients you know i absolutely go in knowing there's going to be certain questions that i may have that i want to make sure we hit Uh, and i do it very interview style so it comes across as extremely human but we also love to get the behind the scenes i love i I mean i interviewed uh, i was very fortunate to be hired on for an event in uh, baltimore back in november and i got to interview 15 congressmen and women and it was incredible And we were there, and, I, and I've told this story a couple times recently because it just like stuck in my mind. When I met these individuals, they were like unbelievable, like they were super cool. They're like, "Rich, what's up, bro?" Oh my... You know, I was like, "Okay, it's like that." You know, here I am trying to be super formal, but they were extremely normal. Of course, when we start recording because this was a specific event, you know, it was very on brand. And then afterwards, it was like, "Rich, call me anytime, <laughs> like, dude." What? Are... Yeah, I'm like, okay, now. How does this relate to behind the scenes? Because I imagine myself in the backseat of a car in a black suburban with some of these people just talking about, like, you are behind in the polls today in your district. Like, how are you feeling? That is compelling content because everyone loves to posture about how well everything how well things are going but the behind the scenes the day-to-day the losses the failures the process is very intriguing to a lot of people so i highly encourage people to talk about the behind the scenes or the good or the bad days just as much as the good days so when it comes to storytelling reality it's like reality work instead of reality tv like reality work sometimes uh, my COO and I will set up a camera on here and we'll be just going through thought processes of certain things. And we're like, okay, and then, Oh, I'm glad we were recording that. We just had like a breakthrough and it was called on camera and it's just a, a little us right here. But maybe one day I could show that when we are huge and there we go. And I have it to look back on all the time.
0: And that's another great point, right? Is don't be afraid to put the camera on for yes. these meetings um wherever you are david melzer's really good at that yes, so yes you see him in hotels you see him <laughs> outside you see him <laughs> on the airplane and he's always talking to people but they're capturing that content which yes. is so raw <laughs> yes it's, it's wonderful to see and it's very engaging
1: that's what people are looking for i mean look you and i are on social like when we're scrolling we are looking for something that's you know what what is going to stop us and it's something that a lot of times looks unprepared that isn't like completely highly produced that is very real i mean i've just posted something the other day when i ran into gary v at the elevator when i was in new york it was nuts and i was like okay so i gave uh, my phone to my videographer because we didn't have any cameras out I'm like dude just record this and it was a great moment where i just got to thank him and tell him hey since i did the podcast with you my company has doubled you know and he's like he, you could tell the sincerity in his eyes, but that little clip did phenomenal, better than anything that I've actually crafted recently. And, and it just goes to show you the behind the scenes is, is where it's at.
0: And also being prepared, right? You have to be ready for those moments <laughs> and when they happen to just take the phone out, right? Because yes. a lot of times in the moment we get caught up and we forget and we say, oh, I wish I recorded uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> like,
1: I always imagine if I ever, if I'm ever like near the rock or something like that, who like I really look up to just, just because of his journey, like there's, I will always have something at the ready. <laughs> you know, there's no way I'm just going to let that thing be a picture. So yeah. Phenomenal.
0: Would you mind sharing the Gary Vee story with us how you were able to be um, on the podcast? Sure.
1: Um, well, I had him on mine, but they uh, they actually produced it yes. in the Gary V audio experience as well, which I did not know was going to happen, so I was flattered. So a lot of people ask me this, and I don't, I, I don't actually think I've shared this story publicly, but um, just because it's long and I want to make a video about it. But it all started when... I was miserable at my job in, and I was in living in Austin, Texas at the time. And I was, I was just there on a Friday night and I was just scrolling, scrolling and scrolling. And somehow this guy ended up in my feed, uh, not somehow, very strategically, obviously on his part. And I was like, who the hell is this? And like he says to a lot of people at first, you probably hated me. And I'm like, yep. And then I started to be like, wow, he's telling us what we need to hear. And then I just started listening and I just became obsessed uh, to the point, you know, (laughs) I shouldn't say it like that, but really clinging to it because it was like a life raft for me to imagine my way out, so to speak. So I bought, the first time I met him, I had bought tickets to this real estate convention where he was giving a keynote in Los Angeles. I was in Austin. I went and I paid the, however much extra to make sure i was vip seating and i got to do a meet and greet afterwards with him etc cetera, etc cetera. well just like i told you about vid summit which was about eight or 12 months later i positioned myself very strategically by a microphone sitting and and all this stuff and i had to have an i got an exchange with him uh that first time so I gave him a patch, a squadron patch. I'm like, hopefully, you know, he remembers this because I was in the military. Maybe he doesn't get a, any squadron patches ever. So here you go. Hopefully, he'll remember it. In the back, I told him, "Hey, I'm miserable where I'm at. You know, this, this, and this." And he was, you know, there's a line behind me. So it was, it was fast. It wasn't anything special. But I followed up months later, and months later, and months later, and I just kept pinging people where he was, and I bought tickets to Vid Summit. I went to vid summit and I know he's about providing value first. So I donated a significant amount of money that I didn't even have to his favorite charity. <laughs> so I was like, that is out of the box. Okay. A lot of people will make him a sure. A lot of people will say, Hey, can I do this? Or, you know, what can I give you? I was like, let me donate to his favorite charity because I saw him in Africa with it. And I, I was like, this is obviously important to him. So I positioned myself strategically. I told him, Gary, I quit my job since I last saw you. You've changed my life. And he stopped and he just dropped f bombs everywhere. Like, you have no idea how that makes me feel. You know, like you are so humble. And and it was just this unbelievable exchange. And I said, I fast forwarded to the end and I told him what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, you know, how I downsized, how life has changed. And also, by the way, I have a screenshot of a donation I made to your favorite charity. If I could get 10 minutes with you in New York, he goes, let's do it. So then there we go. So that 10 minutes was actually five minutes, but it was within a month. And it seemed like that five minutes was five hours. All I did was just say, thank you. And he's, all he wanted to do is how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? So Fast forward, I'm like, okay, it's almost been a year. I want to interview him on Veterans Day because this would be so important because my podcast is for veteran entrepreneurs and Gary Vee would be humongous. So, uh, sending some things, uh, sending you know stuff to his admins. And by the way, because I do video, I interviewed essentially his whole C-suite so they could have content for themselves smart. So, smart. Yeah, so and then i developed relationships with them now let me tell you and i'm very close with this chief heart officer but none of them have ever got me in his office like it's not like that you know they're not like hey gary can you get rich in here no it's not like that they they don't offer i don't ask because it's just i don't want the relationship to look like it's founded upon that but i did make content for them they all were very happy with it they were you know either, either appeared on the podcast or i cut it up for them so they had uh, you know content for themselves So at least I could say that to some of his admins and they had me booked for November 11th, which was veterans day. I was looking forward to this forever. And then the day before they're just like, we can't, uh, you know, things. And I was like, Oh man. So they're like, can you do December? Whatever. I'm like, whatever day you say, like I will be there. So I go the second time, uh, this, third time I've ever met him and I'm waiting an hour and a half. And it was just like one of those things where I'm like in his office with uh, two videographers and we're just like sitting there and sitting there and like, okay, like this is, this is how it is. You just have to sit here. So he comes out and then we do 15 minutes and it was just unbelievable. But here's all I can say. The process, like anything that is worthwhile is, is long. It takes a lot of effort. It takes outside of the box thinking, and if you are passionate enough about it, you will never take no as an answer, and your rebuttal will be met with whatever your rebuttal is. You will have a creative solution to do it. If this person has impacted me as much as I've you know, said he has right here on this podcast, then of course I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And of course I'm willing to stand on my head for three hours if I need to, if that's what, if that's what it's going to take. And it was worth it. So then when I was in New York just last week, uh, you know, I, I flew up for a podcast. The person forgot I was supposed to be on that podcast. I go and spend some time at Vayner with Claude, uh, the chief heart officer. We make some content. My videographer and I are like, it's two, something like we need to eat. So we go eat instead of editing footage. And there we are at the elevator. He's like, Hey, and I'm like, Oh my Lord. And now look, the point is this, he knows why I was there. He goes, you're here for Claude. I go, yep. Cause he knows I help her with content. And then when we get out of the elevator, I get to thank him and that's it. But look, Man. he, he knows my face now. He knows that I've helped people around him. And he knows that I don't ask anything for him. I just love to like really show him gratitude. And I think that's the name of the game is just no expectations. uh, Just really, you know, having an attitude or a gratitude first kind of approach. And, you know, I say he knows my name. That doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying he recognized me. And to me, that means a lot. And when he says, keep going, he looked at me like, keep going. I'm like, okay, and that's it. I mean, that's where we're
0: at. Wow rich i'm look, I am so grateful that you <laughs> shared that story number one it's you know it's not every day that someone has the opportunity to meet Gary Vee,
1: yeah, but
0: the process of of all of it and and the the authenticity of it and the honestness of it I mean all those words come to mind as you're telling this story because this is what you wanted, but again this. Life lesson with Gary Vee can be applied to anything in life, right? I mean, anything. It's what you you have to put in the work. Yes. And you have to do it for the right reasons. Yes. And the outcome can be manifested to what you have always planned for.
1: I want to make one point. Thank you for that. I have reached out to other people as well who are... In my opinion, on a, a lower rung, so to speak, uh, of the social media hierarchy than than Gary Vee. And they're like, yeah, absolutely, we'll do the podcast. And they're like, you know, $2,000. I'm like, what? I'm like, I've met Gary Vee a bunch of times. <laughs> like, this dude is a CEO who's one of the busiest people on earth, and he's willing to engage with his audience. S- just in the most incredibly unselfish way. And I'm not saying that was a turnoff. I get it. Time, you know, people's time is worth money. But that just goes to show you, I feel like I nailed it, right? I, I, I knew the right person to follow. You know, of course, I could whip out my credit card for some of these people who I believe have taught me a lot as well. But what does that say about him? You know, and it's, it's just, he's just different.
0: No, and I'm glad you brought that up because I I actually trained under Brian Rose at London Real, and he's one of the best in the business. Yeah, uh, but one of you know one of the things he taught us uh, two things actually, um, and and I'll be careful about how how I say this because it's it, it's not always true uh, from what I've come to learn. And but he was basically saying you don't want to necessarily interview people that are reaching out to you for an interview. Like you mm-hmm. have to do your due diligence. Now there are exceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, he said, you know, be aware of that. But the other thing, the unwritten rule in podcasting is never charge anyone or never <laughs> pay anyone to go or be on your podcast. Yeah, So that's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I, it's I important
0: agree. to let people know this, right? You and I were spending our time on a Saturday Yep. we're trying to create content. Yes. To de- deliver value, because that's what we believe in. There's no other maybe we'll do business together someday, sure. but that's not why we're talking today. Yep. Met through LinkedIn. We had a nice couple phone conversations. Um, you know and, and here we are, right? Yeah So this is how this, this is, I think, the effect of Gary Vee's teaching. Yes, of Ed Milet's teachings, exactly. Dave Meltzer's teaching, and all the wonderful women out there, like Lauren Everett's, you know, Bostick, and 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 many, many others who who live this every day. So, mm-hmm. man, am I glad you shared that story.
1: Yeah, yeah. It just uh, it, it reminds me that night, or that night when I went to my hotel, I was just thinking the humility on him and, and some of these people i've come in contact with it, it, you just expect differently you expect to be ushered off or dismissed but i don't know how they do it but these are some of the most special people out there that that really will take that extra minute or two and be late for another meeting because they just said hi to one more person and that's just the way it is but uh but yeah absolutely uh, some of those people
0: you mentioned are, are
1: fantastic as well
0: yeah, and I was talking to this gentleman last night, Chester Elton, who has an amazing following on LinkedIn. Oh, awesome, I have to Four or five that. time New York Times bestseller. He's he's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Please engage with him. Yeah, absolutely. I just wrote it down. Yeah, and you know, one of the things we were talking about was living in each moment, right? And 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 you kind of just alluded to it that, okay, yes, I could bypass this person or not say hello or, but. It's those moments of constantly being aware and present with people. You never know who you might impact at that moment. So, <laughs> you know, you can't take things for granted and, and, you know, be too much up here. You have to be more here, which Absolutely. I think is exactly what you were saying. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. This is great. I hmm. I think this is a nice segue into yeah. you. You've had. Um, uh, we'll talk a little bit later about your training. Um, you were you were in the Marines. Um, sure. But something that's important to you and that you're really good at is how you, as you call it, unwrap people. Yes. But you have a very good skill, and that's something I try hard as well. Like just engaging with you now. We're talking about things. You told yeah. me you, you said a couple of things today that you've never told. That's you know to me that's that's an honor yeah (laughs) and I know that that's what you
1: do too yes yeah um you know I have no formal training background in anything I was a marine I used I was an infantryman I became a pilot after so many years I became commissioned as an officer um, I worked at Amazon. I have an MBA, which you know was was uh, you know wasn't specialized, so to speak. You know it was your normal stuff: statistics, uh, marketing, entrepreneurship, finance. I mean, all that stuff, uh, which which you know for me was a decent experience. But I I I wasn't in the entrepreneurial mindset then. I wasn't receiving the information well. I was just worried about how how do I even fit in this class? You know, I, it was an executive MBA, and I was surrounded by people who had been in their respective industries for so long. So. I don't have anything that should make me uh, able to unwrap people, but I now have dug into my memories and just realized it started back when I worked at a hospital when I was a a senior in high school and it's a quick backstory. I'm a first generation American um, you know, and at one point my parents, and both sets of grandparents worked at this hospital. And they were not doing what you think people do at hospitals. They were they were cleaning toilets. They were doing uh, handyman work. They were doing secretarial work. They, 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 there was nothing sexy about it. Um, and I ended up working there as well. My entire family worked at this hospital in New Jersey. And I worked in the coffee shop, which um, was, a, I believe it was a nonprofit. I, I don't remember how it was structured, but we couldn't even get tips or anything like that. And I remember people offering me tips all the time. Now, That's why awesome, am I telling
0: way, It's awesome, by the way, that you all worked at the. At the yeah, it was, it was the crazy.
1: It was <laughs> crazy. But, but here's what I could tell you. why what, what does that have to do with anything? I would serve coffee, lunch, dinner, breakfast to a different person dealing with something different every interaction. It could be someone who just lost a loved one. It could be someone who just had a baby. It could be someone who, you know, has a broken arm. It could be someone who's been there for 40 days watching someone go through treatment. You know, whatever it may be. So I would just interact with these people and just try and be pleasant. At what I I didn't know anything. All I knew is I was just trying to be pleasant and I tried to do my job really well. And for whatever reason that was just something that I think carried over as my time went on in life to where, I mean, don't get me wrong, like Marine Corps is very different in terms of leadership, but that EQ that was kind of like deposited at age 17 unearthed itself after I got out of the Marine Corps. Not to say I didn't have EQ while I was in, but it's just different. And then I just now had this years 17 years of leadership experience and working with people from all over the world people in different countries people who i would never be friends with if i didn't know them from the marine corps you know things like of that nature and then i had the eq to to pile on top of that unwrapping people comes from a genuine inquisitiveness about who they are and why they're here and what they want to do with this one at bat that we all get and i am able to do just dig into answers. I would say more than the normal average person people on my podcast or who I invite to be on the podcast sometimes say, Hey, you know, can you send me over the questions? And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. (laughs) I have no, I want to take it where I want to go where it takes us. I mean, I pick people for a very specific reason. Like I'll say, this person's in finance. We're going to talk about something financial. This person is in a startup. We'll talk about risk. This person is, um, you know, a life coach, we're going to talk about self-awareness, whatever it is. But I, I know the concept, but I don't know what we're going to talk about because that's how I like it. And you know what? They come across exactly like that. It just seems like there's happens to be microphones and a couple cameras around that people forget about within the first 60 seconds. And that to me is better than any statistics and being a top 100 or anything show of, of, of any kind because I know that person had a good experience and you know what happens at the end of that when we follow up is is there anything I could do for you that was amazing and, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn I'm just saying it, it, it became less of an event and more of like a
0: coffee date
1: and that's what I want
0: Wow powerful rich very powerful do you encourage others to start their own podcasts being that we're on the topic to start podcasts? Yeah. To have their own podcast, to be the interviewer. How, how, how valuable is that to be able to engage with people at a, at a different level? And as you just spoke of, I mean, you, you're able to talk to someone and converse with them and yeah. get to know them, you know, pretty well. That's,
1: that's another question. I'm sorry, No one's asked.
0: Here's, here's my take on it. You
1: and I both have our respective traditional things that we do. This is an extension of that which means there's part of us that longs to be creative, which I never considered myself a create to be a creative until a couple of years ago. If if you want to podcast because of vanity metrics or the belief that there is going to be a revenue stream created out of it or anything like that, then I believe you're probably already on the wrong path. If you want to do it and you think you could do this week after week and do the production or help have people help you out with it, and you genuinely want to help bring value to people in some way, shape, or form, then I think it's going to be absolutely great. Um, And that's not to say you can't have your own solo podcast where you're just talking about I don't know. I'm looking at my Dunkin Donuts coffee right now. You're talking about all the different types of coffee in the world and how you study them, whatever it may be. You and I both know that 180 days or six months is kind of that cutoff. If you're not consistent for at least that first six months, then I mean the the potential to fall off a cliff is, is extremely high. So it makes sense for you. It makes sense for me to absolutely do this. It's not entirely hard to set up a podcast or to start a podcast, but you have to, for lack of a better phrase, you have to be in love with the process. Just like if you want to lose 20 pounds, you have to be okay with getting up at five and getting to the gym before all the machines are taking. And you have to be okay with not having McDonald's after the gym and having a protein shake instead. You have to love all the little things about it. You have to love about going through and sifting through the clips and looking for the best sound bites and writing a, you know, a show, show notes and all that stuff. If you can do that, then go for it. Absolutely go for it. If you have expectations, which we've already talked about to be, I want to be here. And I'm not saying goals, you know, goals are different, but expectations of this should get me this, then
0: then it's probably not the right idea. Man, am I glad you just said that. (laughs) Wow. That's (laughs) awesome. I've had the privilege to teach some people uh, through my podcast course. Nice. And, And you know what? We talk about a lot of these things and people have, great ideas and, and great desires, but you're so right that, that you have to go into it for the right reasons. And again, it's like anything, you know, we help people write their first book, yep. same thing. If you're not in love with the process, if you're not going to dedicate the time, if you're not going to find your own space to do it, it's not going to happen. The book will not write itself
1: Correct. But on the,
0: on the reverse, if you are in love with the process, if you are passionate about what you're doing and if you're doing it for the reasons that you mentioned previously, then it will happen and a wonderful piece of art will be created, whether it's a podcast, a book, a piece of video content. So again, I, I don't have the opportunity to talk to people about this yeah. often. So I'm I'm really, really glad that we didn't plan this, you know? This, yeah, let
1: me ask you this. And like I love to flip a script in the middle of a podcast, by the way, but let me ask you this because you're a podcaster. I promise you you've had a moment where someone has written you a dm or an email and saying that episode meant something to me or I got something from it and that feeling there's no price tag on that feeling right i mean so does that happen to you it does and and yeah.
0: look i i have to be honest so in the beginning you know i was really excited and i was reading everything and <laughs> um, but but it's like anything after a while and i'm you know i'm very accessible and i and i do like to respond but um when you get when you get that one message that someone may say look that episode really made an impact on me or yeah. it changed my life i mean yes. i have people say <laughs> it it's like wow that's when you know that your purpose is much greater than you right and that's when you know that we have to keep doing this we have to keep engaging and this hopefully won't be our last conversation, yeah. Because we probably have much more to unleash that <laughs> yeah. we're not aware of today. So yep. I'm always like thinking about that. But I, yeah, yeah, it happens, and and that's your social. Really it's right.
1: your social proof, and and, and I mean yeah. that's it. Like that that's all you need, and and that's how you know. Oh, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> oh,
0: that's so cool. That's so cool can you tell us a little bit about your background uh you did mention about the hospital i think it's so cool that the whole <laughs> yeah. work, work, work there uh yeah. but what was the upbringing like and then how did you end up going into the marines uh the the probably the most yeah. challenging uh of, of the armed forces i would i would guess
1: yeah yeah i could tell you that uh, i could tell you there's a there's a piece of of that story uh but But for sure, I I was first generation American, like I mentioned, grew up in uh, Morristown, New Jersey. Um, And, you know, look, for whatever reason, I avoided learning Spanish. It was a completely strange cultural existence that I lived in where where I just never felt like I fit in. I didn't look like my cousins. I I looked American. I mean, I look American to me. And, um, you know... I just didn't sound like everyone else. So it was really kind of strange upbringing, and I just didn't feel like I belonged. We moved around a couple times in the local area. When, you know, just went through school, no problem. Uh, I mean, I had behavioral problems. You know, I would always get an unsatisfactory and self-control. But I was just—I'm a restless dude. I'm a—I was a restless kid. It's just the way it is. And I mean, look, like this is a completely different topic, but. School is not the place for me. I'm, I learned so much more by being around people and listening to people and doing rather than just kind of learning via a book. That being said, um, you know, I just, like I said, I never felt like I belonged. I uh, played a few sports, but I got into drugs and alcohol and realized as a junior, this is not going to end well. You know, and my parents didn't have the money to send me to college, or at least um, I'm I'm certain they didn't. But if they did, I was going to waste it. I wasn't ready. I knew already that school wasn't the place for me. So I said, I'm going to go to the military, and I am just going to, you know, get some money for education, so I don't have to burden them with that. And I'm going to get out, and I'm going to have a lot more character and discipline. I was not thinking going into the Marine Corps or going to a recruiter's office, thinking like, I'm going to serve my country. I'm going to serve my country. It was very much a selfish reason. And obviously you, once you're there, you are all about service to your country, but I didn't go in there like that. And I went and I went to the office, Navy recruiters weren't there. Marine recruiter was there. Boom, boom, boom. And then, I mean, you can't go into Marine recruiter's office and and mention that you're yeah, intro- out. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> period. So so I enlisted uh, completely with the intent to do four years and get out. I and went in in 1998, and uh, three years later, you know, 9/11. So I, I stayed in, and I thought I was just going to stay in just a little while longer. And that that initial four years turned into 17 years. I retired early, and um, and that was it. But but you know, what I could tell you about service, and and, and I'm going to just reduce this to the smallest bite sized piece of of it is you just are surrounded by people that want to do so much more it's just crazy i i i i really don't even have i'm like the words are escaping me right now it's just thinking about some of the people i was surrounded by some of the people that had i not been in the marine corps i would have judged them You know, people who were from the deep South, people who were from the West Coast, people who looked at me different. There's 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 you know, we all have the same face in the Marine Corps because we all ultimately, you know, any military service for that regard. And that is we have a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. And when push comes to shove and we deal with the events that we dealt with, it's amazing to see what that looks like when everyone elevates their potential to the highest Possible standard, and in some cases, uh, they give everything for it. And you know that was my experience, and I I, I miss it uh, to an extent. But I also don't miss the fact that you know I, I was uh, had many people who I would consider brothers who are no longer here, and that was extremely challenging. And that played a part in my failure to assimilate, so to speak, on the outside. Because you know I like people who take people really seriously, and that's why I do what I do now, and that's why I had to get out of the environment I was in after my
0: first job so amazing rich and thank you for your service thank you for your service thanks That's
1: for great. your support
0: absolutely uh and and wow went in with the intent of four years and you served 17 That's <laughs> dead set on that <laughs> incredible yeah okay give us a little bit of amazon we need to know about amazon uh your experience yeah. and before i before you start if you don't mind i i would just love to say i love how we're kind of connecting all these dots you know because they <laughs> connect the dots backwards yeah, yeah, incredible st- I mean, it's so diverse. Like yeah. Marines, Amazon, the hospital. It's like yeah, ah, yeah. video. So it's, it's, it's so yeah, cool. it's crazy. Um, look,
1: Amazon is undeniably the behemoth of our time, anyone's time right now. Okay, and they are the tip of the spear. Um, I admire everything they did that they do. My experience was not a good experience. For many reasons that are that I'm responsible for, and many reasons that I just think you know there was issues where I was and and the way business was conducted. All I'll say is this: I took this job. I was fast tracked. I was on a fast track program because I had an MBA. I was an area manager then an operations manager and throughout this time and I had a child 2 months into my time there and guess what that aligned right with peak season which is you know just all hands on deck mandatory overtime i mean 17 hour days it was absolutely nuts i had my first child i didn't know what to expect but all i knew was taking this job was going to make me who i thought i really wanted to be which was this very providing father figure an amazing husband who got us nice things and we were able to take vacations and all this stuff. I was an absolutely miserable wreck from the beginning. I felt compelled to stay despite my financial advisor telling me you, you, or I, I felt compelled to leave even though my financial advisor was compelling me to stay because of stock. And I was just miserable and my behavior changed dramatically. But... I do know I impacted so many people while I was there because of the manner in which I managed. Um, and that was, I wasn't afraid to do anything else. I mean, it, it became blue collar all over again. It reminded me of being an enlisted Marine and I was able to help hourly associates understand some of the processes and some of the reasons behind some of these decisions, try and enhance their business acumen in some way, shape or form. So everything that leadership, you know, would flush down to me, I would flush it down all the way to the bottom as well, which is probably what, why would he do that? Because I want them to understand, and because of that, my teams and my managers were unbelievably high performing. It got to the point, Roger, where I was making helping cultivate these amazing young leaders and then they'd send them to another shift that needed help and then they would give me brand new people and it was like i was like okay fine my shift is a talent factory no problem but throughout the whole course um the reason it was a miserable experience for me was because i had no one to look up to sorry this is just the way it is when you are surrounded by some of the people i was surrounded by and some of the people who are no longer here anymore and you have this vision of leadership in your head and people that you you hope to emulate and then it just dissipates. And now you're on the outside and things are different. I'm sorry, but I just not the type of person to just kind of fall in line and just meander through that. I did for a while until I made the decision it was time to go. Now the reason earlier I said that a lot of it was my fault was because I didn't have the courage. I felt like I was going to be a coward if I walked out of this job. Like a job that there's people lying around the corner waiting to take your position anytime no problem but the way i i saw it go down and my experiences um i became i just was making bad decisions i was making taking unnecessary risks i was drinking you know on my days off i was obsessive about work all at the same time and it just got to a place where i created a situation where you know either i was just going to walk away or they were going to let me go even though i was performing at a very high level and it just went to show me like what am i doing like you can create just opposing forces inside you if you don't take the time to really audit yourself and what you're doing and why you're doing it and look let me just say this to the audience if you just go to bed and you're like is this it then you really should tap into that tap into that because if that's how it's if that's how it is every day when you go to bed and if you get the sad Sundays there's there's a problem. There's a problem. And, and it's worth looking into because next thing you know, you'll be five years down the road and be like, what the hell have I done? So just don't let yourself get there. And, um, you know, and I left and it was the best decision I ever made.
0: <laughs> wow. M- another amazing story. Um, one question off of that, and that is if people are going through this right now, like right now, Yep. Um, but they, they just, you know, they, that fear is just too great. What what advice would you have? You did it. So you made that plunge. Is there anything else that you could just add to say, look, you have to think about this or you have to think about that?
1: Yeah. Like, um, well, I have a very good friend, Kelsey, who's a life coach and, and she says, these are, these are tugs, you know, like it's like, just imagine there's all these strings tied around you and there's a couple tugs in certain directions and look like maybe you don't need a complete career change or anything like that, but maybe you walk by a guitar shop and you're just like, always wanted to learn how to play the guitar right like why don't you at least give yourself an hour a week to do that or 10 minutes a day to do that something that may satiate some of the curiosities that are happening within you and maybe that is going to be an outlet for you maybe that's something you can look forward to enough to where your job doesn't feel as bad now let's take it to the other side of it you are completely miserable at work then what I would say is talk to your 10 most influential people in your network and talk to them about how you're feeling and see if they can assist you know hey this might be a complete career shift but I've had this just undeniable curiosity in this and I don't think I'll ever be satiated until I actually explore it what do you know anyone I could talk to you know Do you know as someone who wants to make that career change that you are not going to get paid commensurate with your experience that you have where you are? Do you realize that you may have to take a pay cut? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to downsize like I did? I went from that house in Austin, Texas, I was telling you about to my in-laws basement, which is 700 square feet. And I did that for six months. And you know what? It was worth every second. But these are the things that you need to do what I would say is just take action in some way, pay attention to those tugs, don't deny them, and don't try and escape reality by watching a bunch of TV or drinking or just going out and, and it'll all resurface. And you know what? If that stuff marinates enough, it could result in something catastrophic, you know, and, and, and just a kind of an implosion that no one wants to experience. So pay attention to it, explore it, and just take action.
0: Great advice. Great advice. And I really like the fact that you said, don't be afraid to ask for help, especially yeah. your 10 most influential friends. Yes. In the network. Wonderful. Rich. Wow. This has been an amazing conversation. One of our best podcasts. You were so awesome. Uh, I cannot wait to continue to watch you and in you. your business. And I know we're going to be doing some things in the future. Uh, before I let you go, one last question I ask every guest and you're a decade younger than me, at least uh, <laughs> You have a lot of life to live, but at the end of the day, w- your work here on earth, cause as we know, we're not here forever. What do you want your legacy to be? What, what kind of Mark do you want to leave?
1: I really would like to inspire my daughters. Um, and that seems probably like low hanging fruit, but my my parents inspired me with with work ethic, but there's no way they had, could have predicted I was going to be a marine or an entrepreneur. There's no way they could give me advice on any of these things there's there's nothing I can't even talk to them about it because it's so foreign to them. so what they gave me was a work ethic to to look at and and the fact that they were courageous enough to come over here and and you know try and live the quote unquote American dream for me. It's like okay like how much can I advance this family name and and can I do so by showing my daughters that you don't have to do everything the way everything is the way people say it's supposed to be done you know and and hopefully this business grows into um, something that you know they can manage or run or take on and and that's that's what I want because none of this was supposed to happen (laughs) and 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 I want them to realize there's no set way to do anything. Cause I'm a very unorthodox individual. And, and I think that's okay. I used to be so hard on myself for that. I stayed in places I didn't have to, because I was scared. And I think what I'm trying to tell you now that I'm circling back is just, you don't have to be scared of, of what's out there. If you, if you uh, punch that fear in the face on a daily basis, then life's going to be really good.
0: Rich Cardona, <laughs> welcome to the American real family. Uh, you are an amazing human. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one coaching check out the american real learning academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you we also have a new facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world if you want to go even further maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast contact me today to see if we could help you can reach me through instagram or facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.